Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 127 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I am here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. And the preseason finally made me feel something, folks. First of all, welcome to the show, but the Commanders finally broke the Ravens' preseason win streak. It was an actually an entertaining game in the preseason. What are the odds? But it was entertaining. Uh, all right, I was like, the streak was 24 wins. The last time they lost was in 2015. It is the most useless but impressive streak uh, uh, in football. Like That is a long-ass time. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun game to watch. Um, Sam Howell looked fantastic, as did a few other players, but Howell really looked good to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, any news you want to bring up before I give us a rundown here? I bet, like, there's never been a freak out of a coach losing a preseason game worse than John Harbaugh. Uh, you know, maybe if they sat their valuable players more time, they wouldn't have been so injury prone the last several years. You know, maybe that's just a thing. They yeah, have this but... win streak and a fuck ton of injuries. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair, I don't think they're starting, you know, Lamar didn't play, you know, um, you know, the Zay Flowers did have a really nice play, but, that yeah, was I, good. you know, but, you know, the rookies need to need to play yeah, in the preseason, yeah. I think. So, yeah, you know, I think they're, they're, they're playing it relatively safe, but it was a good game. Sam Howell looked good. Uh, there was, there was a lot to, um, you know, if, if almost felt like real football and we're only two weeks away, but. Um, I know we've had some news come over in the last uh, last week. So, Nate, uh, what do you got for us? Well, it's more bad news for Trey Lance because it has been made official today that Sam Darnold has won the 49ers backup QB job. Uh, Trey Lance was not at practice today, and the 49ers are reportedly exploring their options with Lance. Um, Kyle Shanahan did say he still plans on playing Lance in the last preseason game, probably because he doesn't want to play any of his valuable quarterbacks. Uh, but yeah, I, this is uh, not a good turn. I mean, I thought he at least had a decent chance to win the backup job. I thought it was, you know, not a sure thing and in doubt, but um, yeah, not good. And uh, we'll see. There were reports that they couldn't even get a fifth round, fifth rounder for him, you know, b- before around the draft. Um, so, you know, after they bumped him down to QB three, I don't know if the draft capital is going to go up that they're going to be offered. So we'll see if he gets traded or if he flat out gets cut or if they just keep him as a QB three. But, um, yeah. Any, any thoughts on that development? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you would have told me at the end of last off season that Trey Lance would have, uh, you know, a lost his job to Brock Purdy. I mean, I think that would have said there's a chance, but I was very skeptical at that time. And then B, uh, you know, lost his job to Sam Darnold on top of that. Uh, at the, I, I would not have believed that, but it seems like that's what's happened. And look, like seeing him on the field this preseason, and it is just the preseason, you know, whatever. But at the same time, like if if Sam Darnold's beating him out and he's been in that offense for yeah. three years, like, and to be fair, look, Sam Darnold was also a number two or number three pick. I mean, mm. drafted with similar draft capital. I mean, was drafted to be a franchise quarterback and it didn't turn out in a couple places, but he's had you know, his good games and shown, shown he can, you know, get some wins in the NFL at least. And, um, you know, it's not like it's a complete scrub, but you know, at the same time, yeah. Uh, you know, we hope he can get traded and have a better future somewhere, but yeah, definitely it's a uh, unfortunate and yeah, we were talking earlier, just some of the names, you know, uh, Jamar chase, 
Kyle Pitts. I mean, most people were taking, luckily, Trevor Lawrence still over him, but there was mm -hmm. a couple that were taking Lance over Lawrence. But, you know, there's some really big names, really valuable pieces, even Najee Harris, or even, I mean, obviously Justin Fields. Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones, even, mm -hmm. you know, like all those names you'd much rather have right now. So, um, Javante, ETN. Uh, so yeah, it's, hey, it's basically it's, everyone. I mean, Lance has given you almost <laughs> nothing and doesn't look like he's going to give you anything in the near future. And all those guys at least give you something. So yeah, the two big busts of that class were him and Wilson. And even right now, you know, Wilson's outlook looks a little brighter, although it's not somebody I necessarily want on flogging my dynasty roster spot right now either. But uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That, that class was heralded as a super strong quarterback class. And right now, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are carrying it on his back. And hopefully, you know, Mac Jones can, can become the third kind of success of that. But, uh, it looks like everybody else has kind of fallen off. Hey, old Mackie Jones is the only one taking his team to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, He's still in the run. I, like, you know, we've always said. That's not uh, true. Trevor Lawrence took his team to the playoffs and won a playoff true game. last year. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, they, they, he's the only one who did it as a rookie, I should say. But, um, okay. yeah, and, and Fields obviously still hasn't done it. I still, you know, as we mentioned a lot of times on the show, I have my doubts on Fields long term. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, compared to Lawrence or, or compared to Lance, that's the thing is, like, I did not understand, especially someone who was out from on Lance from the beginning. I did not like him at all coming in and just like one Mac Jones fit their system perfectly. So just stay put and take him. But if you want the rushing upside guy, why the hell wouldn't you take Justin Fields who did it against premier competition and was a five-star prospect and had more than just one year of, yeah, I don't get it. Um, you know, there are a lot of people saying, you know, they feel sorry for Lance right now. You know, it's obviously not a good look, but look, I have nothing against the guy, but I don't feel sorry for him because he and his agent bamboozled an NFL team into paying him $34 million. So he can cry away uh, everything with that. But um, yeah, that's probably enough. But that is just a crazy development there. Uh, also, more development. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has give, been given a permission to CK trade. Uh, the Dolphins are currently the favorites, and they uh, there are, have been several reports today that they are in talks with the Colts on trying to make a deal. Um, you know, this is a team that has proven that they'll go after, you know, talented um, players on the trade market before. They did it with uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, they did it with, I, I, I don't know why I'm going blank here, but um, yeah, Bradley Chubb was another one. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. So yeah, this, this team likes to go after big names in the trade uh, market, so uh, it's a really good fit. That's where we both want him to go. So I think he'd be incredible. You know, no, you know, safeties in the box against him in that offense. So, um, you know, the Bears and the Bills have also been mentioned as favorites. So we'll just we'll just have to see. Um, you know, Ian Rappaport said he sees it as more likely than not at this point that he gets traded. That the situation there isn't good. And it's better for both, um, you know, groups to part ways at this point. So, yeah, that's that's going to be exciting to see. I know you're with me and wanting him to go to the Dolphins, even though it'll kill your a chain chairs shares. It sounds like um, you're you're willing to give that up in exchange for what could be uh, that offense there. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I do hope he goes to Miami. Also, honestly, the other locations, I think that going to the Bears is a very similar situation, except not toxic as the one he's in now. You know, don't, it's don't, uh, not to my Khalil Herbert. Not to my phone. <laughs> well, just strictly from yeah, you know, and honestly, there's not too many situations I'd be too sad that Jonathan Taylor lands in. I mean, unless yeah. it was really with another top elite back. Um, but the Jets are like, here know, we go again. 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I, I have heard yeah. the Broncos thrown around as a legitimate name. Ian that Rapport would, was that would hurt. Him. Yeah. That would yeah. hurt. That would hurt. And apparently six teams have contacted him and two have made offers so far. So, and that's just in day one. So, this is one, you know, less than 24 hours after that news broke. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, uh, a story to look uh, to keep an eye on. And it, I'm thrilled about it regardless. I don't care where he lands. It's just like I've been feeling uneasy about my Jonathan Taylor shares mm, and with the Colts now, specifically. Right. Right. Well, it's just, yeah, it just feels like, Oh, is he even going to like try his hardest and play for them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, but now, uh, you know, I'll just be happy wherever he lands and and I'm sure he will be too. So. And honestly, uh, I think that's what some of this, like, you know, ankle injury problem and like, Oh, my back isn't hurt, but it's not hurt. But I, I mean, I think it's just, he doesn't want to play for them. He doesn't want to risk getting on the field again without getting that contract in hand. Because uh, he's seen what happened to Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. They just got tagged. And so if he waits out and finishes out this year, he's probably going to have the same thing happen to him. So I think it's a smart move on his part to try to get the contract before the last year of his rookie deal is up. And it sounds like there are some teams that are willing to pay that. Um, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't get like a Nick Chubb level contract. That's, you know, seems reasonable to me. What if the Falcons got him? <laughs> that, that would just be absurd. <laughs> That'd be like as bad as the Jets getting him, honestly. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but uh, just finishing out the news here. Uh, after having a great preseason game where he almost got a touchdown, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, had a wrist injury and had surgery on it. Um, Ian Rapport said it's doubtful that he plays for week one, so he might miss you know a week or two or three at the beginning of the season. We'll have to see. Um, but um, but yeah, hopefully he's not out too long. But uh, yeah, we, neither one of us doubt his talent. We both have him as our wide receiver one in this rookie class. So, um, but uh, yeah, it may give those veterans a little bit more run at the start of the season with him being out. Um, Another injury, uh, not nearly as big a name, Titans wide receiver Kyle Phillips is going to miss around six weeks with an MCL injury. So another receiver down for the Titans. They have the worst luck. Uh, Chigo Kwonko just keeps looking better and better. Um, but, uh, I, good on the injury front. Good news is Miles Sanders is back practicing in pads, uh, said he'll be a hundred percent by week one. So that's great. Uh, he likely won't play in the last preseason game, but uh, the fact that he's already back in pads and, um, whatnot from that groin injury is good to see. Um, scary Terry, he gave us a scare. Uh, he has a turf toe injury in that preseason game and is hopeful to play week one. It's not a sure thing. So that is definitely a storyline to keep an eye on. But uh, turf toe for Scary Terry, but he avoided having any like broken bones or anything like that. So, um, yeah. What do you have to add, if anything, to that? Nothing to add. Wow, gross. Uh, nothing, to add. <laughs> nothing to add there. Uh, yeah, no, you got you got pretty deep deep there. So definitely, uh, I think you covered pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah, uh, with Jack Smith and Jigba and uh scary terry not really knocking either one of them as you will see in this episode uh but um but yeah i mean you know i'm not too worried about you know they should could be back week one we don't know they're gonna miss time and even if they do miss a week like i don't know if i'm gonna knock guys too far down for one week even in redraft so um but uh you know and possibly jackson smith and jigvis could extend past week one um and and i mean you know the worst cases of turf toe are like five weeks long. So that would put scary Terry coming back in like week three, but uh, you know, I don't, it doesn't seem to be the worst case of turf toe here. And it looks like uh, but scary Terry looks pretty good. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigby a little bit more up in the air right now, but anyways, let's move on. And this week, of course, we will be covering our 
redraft wide or the class catchers in general. We'll be covering both them. the wide receivers and the tight ends. Uh, we'll be going uh, in doing uh, at least 24, uh, maybe uh, more with uh, the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be doing our top 12 tight end rankings. So uh, we're going to finish out our ranking series. And uh, so that way we can um, get into um, you know, our top dogs, some bold calls and week one breakdown and all that fun stuff that's coming up as football is two weeks away from tonight. Very exciting. So um, let's uh, go ahead and get into it. And we'll start. Oh, you want to start with the wide receivers or the tight ends? Uh, I'm a fool for tradition, so let's do wide receivers. All right, that's fine. That's fine. We'll start with the wide receivers. Start with the the fun guy. I mean, there's a couple of fun tight ends, but you know how it is. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Nate, I'll let you start off and give your top three redraft wide receivers. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be chalk for me at number one. It, it is Justin Jefferson. He seems to be the consensus at number one. Uh, and for good reason, he finished number one last year. Um, you know, Cooper Cup was better in points per game, but got injured. And then Jefferson Denton got over 1,800 yards last year. So um, best season yet for him. And uh, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I, I think if Cooper Cup stays healthy all year and, you know, Matthew Stafford stays healthy, then, you know, we could have a, a discussion at the top. But um, more uncertainty surrounding that. And uh, Jefferson's younger and Kirk Cousins has looked a little bit better, at least last year. So um, I will go with Jefferson at number one. Cooper Cup does come in at number two for me. Um, like I said, he was um, wide receiver one in points per game last year. And the previous year, he was wide receiver one by a wide margin and had what I would say is the best wide receiver season of all time. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he's an absolute monster. And uh, I think just as long as he stays healthy, even if uh, Stafford does get dinged up a few games and Stetson Bennett has to come in, you know, Stetson has looked very good in the preseason. He has a bunch of experience um, you know, playing multiple years at Georgia as a starter and uh, playing in high profile games. So, yeah, um, even if he does have to catch balls from him, I still think Cup's going to be fine as a wide receiver one and uh, a high end one to that. So uh, he comes in at number two. And then another guy that I'm predicting to, you know, finally stay healthy a full season and show us what he's got uh, the entire year is Jamar Chase. Um, He was fantastic last year in points per game. Uh, Let me pull up where he was exactly. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is just I see the progression of him and this uh, offense with him and Joe Burrow and the connection there. So, um, yeah, pulling it up now. Chase was. Give me a second. He was wide receiver three in points per game last year. So only played in 12 games, got banged up, but still had over a thousand yards in that span. Um, So yeah, just if he can stay healthy, I think he can return on this value here. So that's my top three, Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase. All right. Yeah. Um, We got pretty much the same top three, uh, the same three names, uh, just with uh, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup switch. So for me, Jamar Chase is number two, Cooper Cup is three. And that's mainly just a... There's concerns both with Cooper Cup and for me with the Rams offense. If at the end of the year they aren't in it, if you know if it looks as bad as it is uh, as it did last year, which you know might not happen, but um, you know I just feel like I know for a fact that the Bengals, you know, games at the end of the season are going to matter and they're going to be playing for a lot. So um, I just feel a little bit more comfortable in the you know long term and also just not coming off uh, you know a uh, major injury. Um, so, but I think you know it's a 
the upside definitely i mean cooper cup has shown that the upside is is with him uh you know which which most people would probably not say but i think if he's healthy all year the rams are in it all year and they're competitive all year that uh you know he very well could finish as the wide receiver one as far as why i have jefferson at one and we're doing ppr rankings full ppr uh just he catches the most passes i mean last year uh you know, there's one name that we haven't mentioned yet that was close to him, but um, as far as a number of catches, but 124 receptions, 180 targets. So just, um, you know, massive, you know, 124 points off of receptions alone is a really big deal. And that's not a factor in yardage or touchdowns. So uh, just in PPR, he really is kind of a cheat code. He just gets us such a massive amount of targets. Could change a little bit this year. Jordan Addison came in and joined the team. Uh, it might not be quite as dominated uh, by uh, by Justin Jefferson, but you know I still feel pretty safe. Uh, he finished as a pool a full one point five uh, points above uh, the wide receiver two last year. Uh, of course, that was with Cup injured, but uh, but yeah, I think he's a pretty safe number one to have and. I think most people have him as such. So we got the same thing there. I'll go ahead and get into, or, you know, with the, with the uh, swap of uh, chase and cup, uh, I'll go ahead and get into four through six at four. I do have Tyreek Hill. Uh, he had 117 receptions last year. Um, and, you know, I think that Tyreek Hill and Cooper cup are very similar and that they both feel a little bit risky, but for slightly different reasons, you know, with Tyreek Hill, it just feels like, is the two a thing going to work out? But, um, you know, I don't, I think even if it doesn't, he'll still be extremely effective, but I do think that, you know, he finished wide receiver two last year and his best games were with Tua. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, you know, said things like he wants to catch for 2000 yards this year and all that. And I'd love for that to happen, but I don't think that's going to happen with, uh, I think their backup quarterbacks, Mike white at this point. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if Mike white can get, you know, Tyree kill 2000 yards along with, uh, you know, there's still Jalen Waddle there too, as well. So anyways, uh, a little bit of risk there, I guess, in that way, but I don't feel that there's anything risky with the talent or the situation as long as two is on the field and Tyreek Hill are healthy. But yeah, and I guess you could make the same argument with Cooper Cup. Like if Matthew Stafford doesn't stay healthy, you know, Stetson Bennett doesn't seem like quite as reliable of a of a you know quarterback there. So I think they're pretty similar players there, and I can see it. this whole top four is kind of a the real tier of I think it, they can really be in any order uh, at five. Um, I do have Stefan Diggs. I've always been a big fan of his. Um, last year he finished at wide receiver four. Um, so, you know, nothing crazy about my ranking here. The year before that, I believe he was wide receiver two. So um, he's, you know, a just perennial elite receiver. He has an elite quarterback and they're still not really. We'll see if uh, guys like Kincaid or maybe even Gabe Davis can emerge and really take a uh, more dominant role but at this point he's kind of the only elite weapon on his offense um so uh you know he kind of uh feels safe for that like with Tyree Kill it's like oh is Jalen Waddle going to be the one that I would rather have this year I think there's a slight possibility that that happens but it doesn't really feel like there's anybody else on the Bills that could usurp uh Stefan Diggs role so I think there's some safety in that and you know reliable targets on a week to week basis um, and then uh, at six, I do have Mr. C.D. Lamb. Uh, last year, he had his career season, finished at wide receiver six. And these are, uh, you know, my rankings here are uh, weeks one to 17, I should mention when I'm uh, calling out these rankings, just because obviously week 18's not fantasy relevant. Um, so on the fantasy season, uh, C.D. Lamb was wide receiver six. 
and I had 102 receptions. Um, so, you know, just really reliable. Um, I, you know, everybody talks about Dak Prescott's not going to throw as much this year and da, 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 all that might happen, but I still feel like CD Lamb's going to get his and going to be reliable. And, uh, you know, the rest of everybody else on that offense might not be as reliable on a week to week basis, but CD Lamb feels, you know, like he's a lock and load week to week. Uh, last year he averaged on the fantasy season, uh, 17.9 points per game. So, uh, I think that there's a strong potential that that number goes up this year. Uh, so uh, that is my four through six Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and CD Lamb. Yeah, we got two out of the three same guys here. So that's good news. Um, uh, yeah, it's I've got uh, Tyreek Hill at number four. So no disagreement there. Uh, where we disagree is at is at number five. And I don't want to say too much on Hill because there's not much else to say. He was fantastic last year. Um, you know, even when to a misses time, he's still effective. So um, no real concerns with Hill. Uh, Devontae Adams, I have at number five. Uh, this is higher than consensus. I see him around like wide receiver nine and stuff. I don't understand why. Uh, the dude has been a top three wide receiver the past three years in a row. And the same worries we've been saying about him this year are the same things we were saying last year about Derek Carr, except this year it's about Jimmy G. Um, I do think Jimmy G is a slight downgrade than Derek Carr. When they're both playing, I think it's about even. But, you know, Jimmy G tends to get banged up a little bit more. But, I mean, shit, in week 17 in championship week last year, he was wide receiver two overall with Jared Stidham as his quarterback. So, you know, I think people overrate the effect of a new quarterback, and they definitely did with Adams last year, and it burned them, and it rewarded people who, you know, bought him at the cheap price. So I think you can do the same thing this year. Um, I have him at number five. And, um, yeah, I guess that would be the other reason I would say, like, you know, defend Cooper Cup. Like, even if he loses quarterback, I still think he's, you know, he's so good and he's such a target hog in that offense and it's designed for him that he's still going to be effective. Um, and, like, shit, I mean, Devontae Adams, they were already knocked out of the playoffs at that point when he had that Week 17 performance. So the whole concern about, oh, they're not in it anymore, it's only a six-win season for the Raiders, uh, I mean, it didn't matter. Adams was still out there racking up points, so – um, but uh, I'm back in agreement with you at number six at CD Lamb. Uh, I, I do think there are some causes to, you know, think that he may regress a little bit this year. I, not in any way from a personal, you know, talent or skill standpoint, but just because, you know, Michael Gallup is another year removed from injury. You know, he's expected to be better. They brought in Brandon Cooks, who's, you know, a good speedster down the field, who's, you know, always underrated. Um, and I do think they're going to be passing a little bit less and probably running a little bit more. So, um, you know, maybe that gets flipped on its head, but uh, they still haven't added another running back with Tony Pollard. But um, but yeah, I mean, that that tends to be the direction that offensive coordinator goes whenever he comes into the NFL. So, um, yeah, there are some causes for concern, but the talent for me outweighs that. Um, and CeeDee Lamb is just a surreal talent in the NFL. And I think he's still going to score a whole bunch and he's highly effective with the ball in his hand. So uh, he still comes in at number six for me. So uh, that's my tier is Hill at number four, Devontae Adams at five, and uh, six for CD Lamb. Okay, yeah, pretty similar, pretty similar there. Uh, definitely, uh, I'm hoping as you get into the next, these next three guys that we hear Mr. Stefan Diggs' name. Uh, so let's see if that happens. Go ahead and get into your seven through nine. Yep, he's next up. Uh, he's at number seven, so I'll just rather have Adams than him, so that mainly is what puts him down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with Diggs. I do think he has a little more competition for touches this year, obviously with Kincaid coming in. 
Um, you know, there are some younger players that they seem to be happy with in that slot receiver role. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, obviously still a fantastic talent and a really, really good offense. I do have some concerns with the whole, you know, if things don't go his way early in the season, we've seen it before where he kind of, you know, gives up on a team and, you know, once demands a trade and wants to get out and go somewhere else. He did it with the Vikings. Um, and, you know, there's been, you know, rumblings and the coach is even talking about that, you know, going into the preseason during the preseason. So he seems to not be happy with his role or how things have gone the last few years or whatever, but uh, that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, you don't really have to worry about that for any of the guys above him. So, um, yeah, that's probably going into my rankings here a little bit, but the offense is and is obviously top tier. Um, uh, next up for me is Mr. AJ Brown, the guy who is probably the most effective with his touches. I mean, you look at the rest of the guys that finished at the top last year, like, all right, so of the top seven wide receiver finishers, uh, aside from him, the lowest receptions total for any of them was a hundred. Uh, that was Devontae Adams, AJ Brown at 88. He averaged 17 yards per reception. Absolutely absurd. And it's the same thing we saw with the Titans. He is highly efficient with the touches he receives. Uh, also had 11 touchdowns last year, which I believe was a career high for him. Um, played all 17 games, was very reliable. Um, I have him finishing at wide receiver six last year. Um, but uh, yeah, he's no concerns. He's only 26 years old. He's in the prime of his career and a fantastic offense. He is the wide receiver one of that offense. And uh, yeah, I think he is going to be great again this year. So he's at number eight for me. And then my boy, my wide receiver one from last year's rookie class, Garrett Wilson comes in at number nine. I love his upside with uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, there's been nothing but rave reviews coming out of camp and everything. And even if you're watching hard knocks, like, um, you know, no sauce Gardner is incredible as we know, but from what I've seen, most of the time Garrett Wilson's beaten him. And, you know, obviously those drills kind of favor the wide receiver, but Wilson is just, he's incredible for even the best corners and hard for them to handle. So uh, I think he's going to be a menace this year. We saw glimpses of it last year, even with terrible quarterback play. Now with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. He can vastly outplay this, but obviously we just haven't seen this yet. So um, that's my tier here. Stephon Diggs at seven, AJ Brown at eight, and nine is Garrett Wilson. All right, uh, yeah, we're we're not too far off track here in this in this group. Um, I have Devonte Adams here at seven, so we just have uh, Devonte and Stephon Diggs swapped, and uh, also Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup swapped, and otherwise we have the same top seven there. So uh, nice to see. Uh, yeah, I think with Devonte Adams, the only reason why I have him at seven is um, it does. And you're right. I mean, people we knocked him last year with Derek Carr, uh, thinking Derek Carr from Aaron Rodgers was a big downgrade, and uh, but you know, in my opinion, you know, Jimmy G is a little bit more of a downgrade. And it seems like obviously Devonte Adams was really happy with Derek Carr. That's part of the reason why he, they, you know, that was his college quarterback. That's part of the reason why he went to the Raiders. He doesn't really have that pre-established relationship with Jimmy G. I'm not sure if it's going to click quite as well, or if he'll be, you know, he had 14 touchdowns last year, which was three more than anybody else, which don't get me wrong. He's always, you know, a prolific touchdown getter, mm -hmm. but um, you know, part of his performance was heavily weighted on those touchdowns. And um, you know, in weeks one through 17, in the fantasy relevant season, uh, Devonte Adams only had 95 catches. So um, he did have, but like AJ Brown, uh, was the only guy that had a uh, under you know a uh, hundred targets that finished in the top you know uh, six or seven there. So um, you know I, I think there's just 
a little bit of concern with with Jimmy G coming in, but again, Devontae Adams will probably out out you know his his talent will probably outshine it. If Josh Jacobs isn't there though, it really does just feel like the other like the engine that runs this offense isn't going to be there. So that's kind of another uh, factor that you know kind of makes me a little bit nervous for the Raiders. But all that being said, easily wide receiver one. If he's a wide receiver nine or ten, um, you know that's definitely a little too low for me. So I have him at seven here. At eight, I also have AJ Brown. Um, you, you know, you said a good bit, super efficient with his touches with that also comes, you know, with, he was the guy had the second most receiving touchdowns. So, you know, keep in mind if there's regression on the touchdown front, uh, people start figuring this Eagles offense out a little bit, or, uh, you know, favoring him more than the Devonte Smith in some games, you know, it might be, um, frustrating on some weeks, but that being said, at the end of the season, I have no doubt that he'll finish as a wide receiver one and possibly as a high-end wide receiver one like he did last year, uh, wide receiver five in the fantasy season. Um, and then at wide receiver nine, last guy in this tier, uh, the only name we have different, and it's not far off. I totally can see an argument for, for Garrett Wilson being above him, but uh, for now, he's just consistently proved he's an elite fantasy receiver, uh, and it's Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, I just... I feel like uh, there's no other target competition majorly for him in that offense until week six or whenever Jamison Williams comes back week five, maybe. Um, so a um, oh, week seven. It's okay. Yes. Six game weeks. suspension. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, you know, the, the, I feel like he'll be off to a really, really hot start. And then even once Jamison Williams comes back, I'm not sure how much it's really going to drop off, but potentially there's, uh, you know, less, uh, you know, touchdown dependability which until last year was a Monroe St. Brown's uh you know he didn't have too many in his rookie year despite having an insane amount of receptions last year it went up he had nine so that's definitely a respectable number but uh but yeah I have uh in this tier Devontae Adams AJ Brown and a Monroe St. Brown nice well why don't you go and finish out your wide receiver ones yes it was really hard I felt like I left a couple of guys out here but um Got a three young receivers here to close out my wide receiver ones for the redraft season. At 10, I have Garrett Wilson, so just one spot off. Uh, definitely think it's super exciting and a lot of hype there. It's just with everybody else on, on this list, we've seen elite fantasy production. And, you know, I just I don't know how far to uh, get excited about it. Um, and I feel like 10 is a respectable number, but at the same time, I see some people have him ranked higher and maybe I won't be able to get him at 10, but um, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, let's wait and see how this works out uh, at 11. I have Jalen Waddle. Uh, so this is the first guy in that I have ranked as a wide receiver two or what we call a wide receiver two in his offense, but still as a wide receiver one, um, and actually the only one that I'll have uh, in that case, uh, despite last year, we had, uh, uh, two sets, um, but, um, and three in the top 15, but, um, yeah, I think Jalen Waddle, honestly, if you told me Jalen Waddle, Waddle finishes, you know, the fantasy season above Tyreek Hill, the thing is Tyreek Hill's way more flashy and talks a lot more and says he's going to get 2000 yards. And so I think that instills more confidence in us and him. And of course he's been prolific for years on end but i mean every year the first year in that jalen water was in the league he broke the uh, rookie receiving record uh, for the number of receptions um and then uh you know this past year he finishes uh you know wide receiver eight so 
you know, I think um, it's totally possible that, it, you know, Jalen Waddle starts to take it over. Uh, I do obviously have Tyree Kill ranked, you know, six spots higher. So I'm not necessarily projecting that to happen. But I just think, you know, we always need to be open to the possibility of those kind of things happening. And, uh, you know, maybe play a little bit of, uh, you know, if you miss out on Tyree Kill that you have to draft in the second round, you know, I'm perfectly happy with Jalen Waddle in the late third, early fourth, uh, you know, and, and, and I think it's a, um, comparable pick. So, um, at 12, I have Mr. Chris Olave. Um, this is, uh, you know, for previously wasn't, I, not, I wasn't super low on him, but, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily think he was going to be an elite receiver, but this year, um, I think, he is going to, Derek Carr is going to be really good for him. And, you know, on a per game basis, um, I think he actually did slightly better than yep, he did, uh, than Garrett Wilson. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they played together in college and Garrett Wilson was seen as this better prospect. I mean, he was drafted like four spots higher in the NFL draft. It's not like it was yeah. too far off, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think <laughs> that's part of why maybe I was lower on him, but starting to feel like he can really take over an alpha role this year. And what I think will be a division winning, uh, you know, games all the way until the end being relevant, uh, new Orleans saints. So, uh, so I, I like him as my last wide receiver one here. Yeah, we are very similar here. Still, uh, we have the same top 12, so that, uh, has become more yeah. of a theme over recent years, but, uh, yeah, that is surprising. Um, yep. I'm on raw is number 10 for me. So I just have, we have him and Garrett Wilson flip there, but, uh, yeah, I just, I like the upside with Garrett Wilson and I'm, you know, I'm on raw was wide receiver seven last year. There was some injuries, com- uh, that came with that, but still, I mean, he's, you know, back to back years, he's proven it. And, uh, yeah, like, like you said, I I've said this from the beginning, like even when Jamison Williams does come back, first of all, this is a dude that's going to have one catch in like his first year and a half of his career. So like, I'm not going to get too worried about that compared to. Okay, my... but he wasn't on the field. Like that's a I little. Mean, he was missing. on the field several games last year, and he had one catch. So, um, yeah, and then he obviously he suspended the first six games. Uh, he had uh, three catchable targets apparently, and he caught only one of them. Um, but, um, but yeah, and I'm, I, I liked him coming out of college and everything. But he hasn't played. And he won when he's on the field. When he does come back, he's going to be playing an entirely different role. Like, you know, Amon Ra plays more the Cooper Cup underneath guy role. And uh, Jameson Williams is going to be the downfield burner. Um, you know, I do think Sam Laporter is going to garner more and more targets as the season goes on. And if you're a big Gibbs believer, then you probably think he's going to be getting some as well. But uh, Amon Ra is still going to be the top target getter in that offense. And I think he'll be a wide receiver one again. Uh, same number 11 for us here. It's Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, not too much more to be said there. He, uh, is one of the few guys that averaged more yards per reception than, um, AJ Brown. Whereas uh, I think it was like 17.8 or something absolutely stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's obviously an elite playmaker. Uh, yeah. The thing with Hill is just like, you know, Hill actually had one less touchdown last year, but he averaged over 20 yards more per, more per game. So just, you know, the actual, you know, the production, especially if they get around equal touchdowns, I do think it's still going to go to Hill. But you're right. There is a chance that Waddle ends up overtaking him and becomes the guy, especially if there's any injury, obviously. Uh, and uh, we've got the same number 12. It's Chris Olave, a guy that uh, I did love coming out of college. He was an absolute touchdown machine in college. And I think we can see that ability in the NFL. 
Um, yep, on a, on a yards per game and fantasy points per game basis, he was the best rookie wide receiver last year. Uh, he's gotten a big-time QB upgrade since then. And, um, yeah, I, I love what the Saints are building over there, unfortunately, as a Falcons fan. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be very good this year, and I expect him to take the leap as well. So, uh, like you, I have a bunch of young guys here in Amon Ra, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Olave to finish out my wide receiver ones. All right. Yeah, that's that's surprising. So, yeah, we'll recap. I mean, our lists are basically the same. It feels like only one of us needs to recap. But, you know, there's a couple of Swaparoonies and, you know, Stefan Diggs and Devontae. Yeah, you've got Stefan Diggs two spots lower, you buffoon. That's the biggest yeah. thing we can argue about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> come on. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, more uh, more. So, yeah. But anyways, uh, we got Justin Jefferson at one, Jamar Chase at two, Cooper Cup at three, Tyree Kill at four, Stefan Diggs at five, CeeDee Lamb at six, Devontae Adams at seven, AJ Brown at eight, Abon Ross St. Brown at nine, Garrett Wilson at 10, Jalen Waddle at 11, and Chris Olave at 12. And my much better rankings are Justin Jefferson at one, Cooper Cup at two, uh, Jamar Chase at number three, four, Tyreek Hill, five, Devontae Adams, six, CD Lamb, seven, Stephon Diggs, eight, AJ Brown, nine, Garrett Wilson. 10, Amon Ross St. Brown, and 11, Jalen Waddle, and 12, Chris Olave. You kind of had a funky cadence there at the end, but I liked it. You wrote, you wrote it out. You have to change it up, yeah, man. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you you lull them into a sleep. That's true. That's, I like that. I like that. Um, so I uh, always thinking about the audience. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> let's go ahead. I'll start out with my wide receiver twos here. This got really difficult. Um, I'll say this top tier I at least feel pretty good about. Um, but yeah, like the... Back end wide receiver twos. It was just really, really hard to so uh, hard. decide who I was going to have in there, who I was going to leave out. But um, let's go. Um, so for me, it is Devonte Smith at wide receiver thirteen. My second uh, wide receiver two on uh, in offense, but obviously, I mean, last year he was a wide receiver one, finished wide receiver nine. So. I'm like predicting regression here. And on top of, you know, the fact that guys like uh, Cooper cup and uh, Chris Olave are going to, and, and Garrett Wilson will, you know, uh, either be healthy or take jumps, um, you know, but even all that being said, I think that uh, it's very possible. Devonte Smith. I mean, the sad exact same thing I said about Tyree kill and, and Jalen Waddle. If in fact, I would almost say it's more possible for, for Devonte Smith to take over the wide receiver one, just because he, uh, gets more targets uh, but like you said uh, you know AJ Brown does uh, you know is more efficient with his and his Tim to be deeper down the field but um, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Smith overtakes that was actually my bold call last year not going to make it or a, a, a hot take I had last year uh, not necessarily going to be my my bold call or hot, hot take this year uh, but um, I do think it's still possible putting it out there in the universe that uh, if it happens, I'll be able to take partial credit. But uh, at 14, we got Mr. Amari Cooper. Um, I don't really know how to feel about the Browns offense this year. It might be awesome. And they might be like Amari Cooper might be like wide receiver, you know, eight, or they might suck. And Amari Cooper might be like, you know, I'd say his floor is like wide receiver 20. Um, so I felt like averaging him here right in the middle of uh, where I saw his outcomes, uh, was fair wide receiver 14 uh, last year he finished his wide receiver two, uh, 10 10 on the fantasy season so um you know that's that's really impressive and he did that with Jacoby Brissett for you know 70 percent of the fantasy season so uh that's that's pretty impressive um 
yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, all these guys at this point still could be wide receiver ones. It really feels like until like 15 or 16, I feel like all of them could be wide receiver ones. But uh, at 15 here uh, from the last guy in this tier, I'm going to have Mr. T Higgins. Um, and all the things I said, I mean, it feels a little less likely. It feels like the least likely that T Higgins can overtake Jamar Chase. Maybe that's just because Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow played together in college and already have that like deeply, you know, held bond. But at the same time, you know, I very well could happen, especially if injury happens. I mean, if injury happens, T Higgins is a weekly top six receiver, you know? So, um, I think, uh, the upside, like honestly, while, while, while I'd say that it's the hardest for him to overtake chase while he's on the field, he probably has the highest upside. If the other one goes out, like, if Tyree Kill, if Jalen Waddle goes out, I can't push Tyree Kill much further than wide receiver four. You know what I mean? So I feel like the most most upside can be gained if uh, if T Higgins, uh, if Jamar Chase were to go down, T Higgins would really rock it up my ranking. So uh, Devontae Smith at thirteen, Amari Cooper at fourteen, and T Higgins at fifteen for me. Oh man. I, this is honestly amazing. We we have the same three names here. They're not grouped in the same exact spots, wow. but this is crazy. Um, this is most we've agreed on a wide receiver ranking it ever. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm mainly surprised because, you know, you've been a little bit lower on the Browns offense and Deshaun Watson and Mari Cooper than I've been of late. But I'm very happy to see that he is at 14 for you. He is at 13 for me. We got another little swaparoo here, but um yeah i mean amari cooper he was wide receiver 10 last year uh he was honestly fantastic i don't know why he got traded away for so little but he did and the browns were able to capitalize Uh, i've said it before i do think deshaun watson is going to improve and you know take a step forward compared to what we saw last year and be you know a little bit closer to what we saw when he was with the texans uh and if that's the case then amari cooper can definitely you know finish as a top half wide receiver one but um, but yeah, I think this is a good spot for him. Getting him as your top wide receiver too, I'd feel really good about that. Uh, he gives you that upside, but also you know the security of you know a, a veteran that is the unquestioned wide receiver one is going to be getting those targets from a quarterback that can be elite. So I really like him at that spot. Uh, I really went back and forth uh, between uh, Devonte Smith and T Higgins here. Uh, I picked T Higgins at fourteen, and I will tell you why. Because if you look at his points per game and stuff like that, it's real screwy last year because he had like four games where he played, but he only played like 26% or less of the snaps because he was injured. Um, So really, it was just injured in those games, but they had him show up and be a decoy. But uh, if you're looking at it in the 12 games where he actually played, you know, really played like 50% or more of the snaps like usual. Uh, He was a wide receiver two or better nine times out of 12. So 75% of the times he was a wide receiver two or better. Um, To put that in comparison, Devontae Smith did it 10 times in 17 games last year. So a way lower rate, only did it one more time uh, in five more games. So um, T. Higgins also last year was a top six wide receiver in four out of of those 12 games. Uh, Devontae Smith uh, only did that twice where he finished in the top six wide receiver. So uh, T. Higgins, he's shown that he offers maybe a little bit more upside. And uh, honestly, his, you know, Jamar Chase, I do think is the wide receiver one there, but he's shown a, um, you know, a knack for getting banged up and nicked up, you know, definitely more than AJ Brown has. 
Um, but uh, he and, you know, Higgins is in a more pass heavy offense. So that's what gave him the nod for me. But no, um, you know, no major pushback on Devontae Smith because I have him at 15, obviously finished better than this last year. But, uh, you know, assuming everyone stays relatively healthy, I think him as a high end wide receiver, too, is uh, reasonable and also good value. So um, that is my tier. We have the same names, but I've got Cooper at 13, Higgins at 14 and Devontae Smith at 15. Well, the good news is we're able to breeze through these and, and get through them faster than normal. But yeah, man, nothing to argue about. Um, unfortunately, sorry, audience. Uh, we can when we get to the back half arguments. of this wide receiver two group. We're gonna have a little bit more to say. Yeah, we'll just have to make bigger deals out of them. But yeah, no, I mean, hey, it's it's obviously these are the guys where we see it pretty similar similarly. And to be fair, I do think at least the top half is pretty. You know, top half of the wide receiver ones are pretty chalk among us and the industry and everyone else. But yeah, it is surprising to see through 15 uh, that we have all of the same players yeah. uh, just in slightly different orders. So um, go ahead and get into 16 through 18 and let's see if we start to to mix things up a little bit. Yeah, hopefully so. But um, I at uh, 16 here have Keenan Allen, uh, obviously you know, very dependable guy. I, you know, I like him as my wide receiver too, pretty much every year. You know, a lot of time he outplays that he's a wide receiver one. Um, when he stays healthy, he got nicked up last year, but uh, still in points per game, he was wide receiver 12 overall still, and that's ahead of Jalen Waddle. So um, still very, very efficient. Uh, obviously, you know, people are expecting, and even I expect Herbert to have a better year than he did last year. Um, you know, he's healed from his rib injury. He's got plenty of weapons and, um, yeah, you know, there you know, was a report I was just reading earlier that, uh, you know, Quentin Johnson has you know struggled in camp and is having you know issues with drops and stuff like that, which is an issue we saw pop up in college a lot. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think Keenan Allen's role is in any way threatened this year. And uh, I think he's still, if he stays healthy, he can finish as a wide receiver one. But assuming he might do the Keenan Allen thing and get nicked up for a few games, uh, I, I still like having him as my wide receiver, too. So having him here at 16. Uh, DK Metcalf comes in at 17. So another guy that finished a little bit higher than this last year, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's got a little bit more competition for touches this year with Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in. Um, obviously Jigba is a little banged up, but shouldn't miss too much time. So um, DK, I still think is an established, you know, wide receiver that a lot of what he does can be replicated just because of his physicality and speed that he offers at that size. Uh, he's still going to be a massive red zone target, obviously. Um, so yeah, I still think you can feel confident with him as a wide receiver too this year. And uh, then to finish out this tier, uh, this is a name. I don't know. We will we'll probably disagree on. So maybe we'll finally have something to shout about, but uh, at 18, I have Brandon Ayuk. and uh, this shouldn't be too crazy because the man finishes wide receiver 15 uh, last year and he's fantastic. I think, you know, I've said it before that as a pure wide receiver, I think he's better than Debo Samuel. He runs crisper routes. He's better at, you know, getting separation and making the big play. So um, Debo's obviously, you know, better at being a running back and taking the ball in, you know, different situations. But Brandon Ayuk is fantastic. He was really good with uh, Purdy last year. And uh, I think he's going to benefit from Purdy being the, you know, year-long starter there. So, and even if, you know, Sam Darnold has to come in, Darnold is a good throw of the football as well. So, um, yep, it's, uh, this tier is Keenan Allen at 16 for me. 17 DK Metcalf and 18 is Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, we're getting some differences here. We only have one name the same and yeah, two of those names I do have uh a good one of one of them significantly further down. Um so definitely 
Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo has definitely been a point of contention for both of us. Uh, two years ago, felt like I had won the argument. Last year, you know, it worked out better for, for your side. So uh, we'll see, you know, how it works out this year. But uh, definitely our rankings will still be different there. So um, I will get into my next tier here. DK Metcalf is wide receiver 16 for me. I feel a little weird about this just because, you know, I was talking to Nate, like, honestly, and, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say the same thing about a couple of other receivers as, when I get into them, but I guess DK Metcalf is going to be the wide receiver one. I mean, last year, Tyler Lockett finished above him, even though he was not on a points per game basis, though, uh, is, is, is the thing. But, uh, well... Okay, actually, yes, on a yeah. point screen basis, he did. He did still. So, yeah, you know, last year Tyler Lockett finished above him. Uh, they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigma, who I believe really is like a Garrett Wilson level. I mean, Garrett Wilson said that he's better than him. So, I mean, but uh, you know, I think he's going to be the best receiver on that team pretty pretty soon. So, um, I'm you know I'm not necessarily ranking it that way yet because I don't know how soon, as far as you know, in the redraft season, I'll be able to depend on it, but. I mean, guys like Jamar Chase, guys like Garrett, Garrett Wilson, a lot. It doesn't take very long at all <laughs> for them to establish themselves. And so uh, I do have DK Metcalf here, um, but I do feel a little weird about it. And uh, I feel like I should have him lower just because of how I feel about, you know, I don't I don't know how, how solid to feel about him on a game-to-game basis just because of those other two targets there in that offense. But uh, for me, at 17, I have Mr. Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. So, obviously, I told you I wasn't dropping him too much. Uh, you know, last year he finished uh, as uh, in the fantasy season as wide receiver 19. Uh, so, a little bit higher. But, you know, I think Sam, Sam Howell, honestly, very well might be the best quarterback he has had maybe ever, but definitely in a while. And, um, you know, it's better than Taylor Heineke, who's had basically for the past two years. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for his upside. I mean, last year in the game that uh, Sam, Sam Howell played, um, give me one second, game log. Uh, in, in the game that uh, Sam Howell played, uh, Terry McLaurin had uh, it was only, actually only one reception, but it was a 52 yard touchdown. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, it wasn't one reception. It was three receptions, but one of them was a 52 yard touchdown. Uh, but he finished for three receptions with 74 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, if he can do that uh, on a week-to-week basis, then uh, – and I mean, you know, maybe not the touchdown on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and, very know, sticky stat. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just saying that for, for the one-game sample size that we have of Sam Howell as a starter, that he was the he was the best. And, you know, I, a lot of people really like Jahan Dotson. I like him too, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I, some people have Jahan Dotson ranked above Terry McLaurin, especially after the whole – turf toe thing happened i saw all over twitter like oh Jahan dobson skyrocketing like da, da, da. i mean literally come on guys like if he misses week one even still i wouldn't put Jahan dobson above him i can make an argument for being closer but we don't it doesn't it looks like there's optimism and that's not going to happen so um i think that terry mclaren really is an elite receiver he's just never had a, a great situation and i don't know that it's a great situation yet but it's at least better and he you know had a career season last year and i think he can do the same again this year um and then at wide receiver 18 i have mr jerry judy um i really like jerry judy this year um a lot of people are super low on you know russ and i get that but i just feel like sean payton is going to come and make that offense look a lot better maybe not 
you know, like a playoff team. I don't know, you know, but I think they'll be competitive. Uh, you know, we saw in the preseason uh, when Russ and the Stars were playing that Jerry Judy was the target hog. Uh, you know, he does great. Uh, with one thing I really like and value in, in wide receivers um, is yards after catch. And not only does Jerry Judy make really pretty routes and do a lot before the catch uh, that, that, that is what you want to see, but he does a lot after the catch. And a lot of times it's one or the other, that's kind of the Debo Samuel versus uh, Brandon Ayuk argument that me and Nate have sometimes. But uh, what I like about Jerry Judy is he really does them both very well. And so uh, he, he can be an elite uh receiver and I think can be as high as a wide receiver one I've always been high on him you know uh, coming out of college I had him uh, a spot higher than T Higgins or sorry uh Lamb as my wide receiver one in that class so obviously I don't think that that is right now but uh you know I do think that he still has the potential to be a wide receiver one in fantasy uh if the Broncos you know really can't turn it around and have the offense that um you know they were kind of expected to have when Russ joined uh so that's my tier there DK Metcalf Terry McLaurin Jerry Judy I like it. We are still uh, saying a lot of the same names here. So um, why don't you go ahead and finish out the rest of your uh, wide receiver threes or wide receiver twos, yeah. I should say. And uh, I'll do the same. Yes. Like I need it after break. a sip of water. <laughs> no. All right. Um, all right, here we go. So at 19, I have Jerry, uh, not Jerry Judy. That was 18, uh, 19. I have Keenan Allen. Um, so a couple spots lower than you. Again, this is another situation where, yeah, based on history, Keenan Allen should be the the wide receiver one. But you know, I'm always I've always been a big Mike Mike Williams lover, and I'm always like, hey, look out for Mike Williams to take over the wide receiver one role this year. And then now they got Quentin Johnson, who I also loved and was my wide receiver two in this class. Uh, you know that I feel like, hey, watch out for Quentin Johnson. And you know, I still feel like the threat is more Mike Williams this year. I still have Mike Williams ranked higher in redraft, but. Um, you know, now there's two threats, two legitimate threats on top of Austin Eckler, who obviously was already there. So, uh, but you know, um, he's getting a little bit older. I don't think his play has dropped off. I mean, last year he was banged up and he hadn't been banged up for several seasons, uh, despite being, uh, you know, injured pretty frequently earlier in his career, but, uh, you know, a little bit of injury concern, but I don't, you know, I tend not to really bake that into rankings too often unless it's an extreme case. So Keaton Allen at 19, feel pretty good about at 20. This is a real like shot in the dark. I think maybe there's some biases based off of who this guy used to play with that, that are, uh, influencing this, but at the same time, Calvin Ridley finishing at wide receiver 20 with Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. I mean, that feels low when I say it out loud, but here he is. I mean, I'm higher than consensus. I understand that he hasn't played in a couple of years and there's some fear there. You know, Christian Kirk, I don't have ranked too much further down here, but, you know, I think Calvin Ridley is an elite receiver. Um, he apparently had some severe like foot issues uh, his last couple of years with Atlanta and, you know, he should be healed up. He's had plenty of time to rest and heal up, and I think he'll be refreshed. There's been raves about him in training camp. Apparently, he looks elite and fantastic, and Trevor Lawrence is blown away by him and all of this. So um, I'm really uh, starting to ride the Calvin Ridley hype train. I don't blame anybody for having Christian Kirk higher because Christian Kirk finishes wide receiver 14 last year. But, you know, I think everybody would agree, like, prior to last year, the pedigree of Calvin Ridley versus the pedigree of how most people see, you know, Christian Kirk, you know, 
Calvin Ridley blows him out of the water on a talent level. So, um, and not to mention, you know, Christian Kirk kind of really is a slot receiver mostly. And, you know, Christian, uh, Calvin Ridley can be all over the field is really versatile. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Calvin Ridley can do with, with Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. So that is my real quick. Wide receiver. I was going to say on that note, there was actually a thing that, um, you know, in when the starters were out, they uh, they were actually in two wide receiver sets. Christian Kirk was off the field because he is a slot receiver, but it was, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones were the two outside guys. And uh, mm. Kirk was off the field. I mean, obviously, most of the time they're going to be in three wide receiver sets. But, um, yeah, that's that's to your point that, you know, Calvin Ridley looks like he's going to be on the field all the time and Kirk may not be. Right, right. And the thing is, there's going to be, yes, their base formations will be three wide receiver sets, but at the same time, there's going to be times where they're going to want to faint the run and be in a what appears to be more of a run formation. And, oh, it's a play action. It's a pass. And who's on the field? Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones and not not, not uh, Christian Kirk. So it does matter. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a great point. So, uh, so yeah, not feel pretty good about it. Uh, it might end up burning me this year. You know, uh, we had him ranked as like wide receiver for the year that he like walked out and on Atlanta. And then, you know, of course ended up betting on his mental break and just, uh, was, was kind of fell apart. But at the same time, um, you know, I still think that wide receiver for upside, I still kind of see that. Um, so anyways, moving on, uh, here's where I'm going to have my San Francisco 49ers wide receiver. That is not Brandon. Ayuk. Um, it is Debo Samuel. Um, he's one of the best yards after the catch receiver, if not the best, literally in the league. I mean, he um was so explosive with the ball in his hands. And I mean, um, he doesn't run bad routes or anything. I agree that, you know, Brandon Ayuk is is was especially coming out of college, was a lot crisper and had a more established route tree. But um, you know, I don't think that Debo Samuel's a bad route runner. I think there's three really good targets on that offense, and it's gonna be hit and miss which games, you know, really come through for any of those players. You know, Debo was Debo was injured last year and also was in the doghouse a little bit for a couple of games in the beginning of the season. So, uh, you know, but prior to that, he finishes wide receiver three on the season. So, um, you know, the upside, obviously, are I don't think that Brandon Ayuk will ever have the upside to, to do that. And, you know, I think you would argue, hey, D- Debo Samuel's not going to get as many carries as he got that year. And I'd say you're you're right because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is there. Um, so I'm not – I don't – obviously, I haven't ranked at wide receiver 21. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, wide receiver three again. But I'm just saying that if people get injured and – you know, and that's what happened that year. They had like three running backs that got injured and Debo Samuel kind of had to fill that role, you know. So it's like, you know, the fact that he can do that give gives the, the the situation that you know if people get injured if he has to fill in he can we know that he can do that and be you know a truly elite fantasy option um so you know i think on a game to game basis they'll be pretty comparable him and Brandon Ayuk but the upside for me just sucks me um into uh, Debo Samuel so uh, for me my tier here uh well this wasn't the end of our wide receiver tees but yeah the almost the end of our wide receiver tees my tier was uh uh Keenan Allen at 19, Calvin Ridley at 20, and Debo Samuel at 21. I like it. Um, yeah, so I will just get straight into it. I'll repeat a lot of these names here, but um, yeah, at 20, I do have... Wait, ni- 19. Yeah, 19, 19. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 19, I have Terry McLaurin. And uh, yeah, not not much else to say. I do think he has a little bit more competition for touches this year, but I also really like Sam Howell, and McLaurin's just been... You know, Steady Eddie's been you know a great wide receiver too, basically since he's been in the league. So I like that a lot. Um, Jerry Judy comes in at wide receiver twenty for me. So 
Last year finished uh, as wide receiver 22 and wide receiver 21 in points per game. So this isn't far off. And I expect that offense to take a step forward this year. So he can finish higher than this, obviously. Um, you know, I did have CD higher as my wide receiver one in that class coming out. And obviously I still believe that as do most people at this point. But, you know, Judy, I do believe is the best separator from his class. And, you know, to, you know, after three years, everyone thought Odell Beckham was better than Devontae Adams and Mike Evans, and they were all in the same draft class. So, you know, the first three years don't tell the whole story of a career. But, um, but yeah, I, I do like CD better. But Jerry Judy, I think, is a little bit closer to CD than he has been, you know, production-wise the first few years. And I expect that gap to close up a little bit this year. Um, at 21, I've got Mike Evans, a guy that just is – always criminally underrated but uh you know he's going to finish wide receiver two again this year i do have them taking a bit of a step back uh, just because you know it's obviously baker mayfield taking over tom brady last year and yeah like tom brady wasn't incredible last year but i mean that year would have been by far and away baker mayfield's best ever career season he had like 4600 passing yards Baker's never even sniffed 4,000. So, um, yeah, I just do think the yardage and the targets and the receptions and everything are going to go down for Mike Evans this year. So that does bump him down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think consensus has him way too low. I still have him here at wide receiver 21. Uh, another guy that, honestly, I have too low, and consensus has too low, and he's always too low, but he'll outperform it. Uh, it's Tyler Lockett. I have a 22 um yeah this guy he has been a top 16 wide receiver each the last three years so he uh he just does it year in and year out he's had over a thousand yards each of the past five years incredibly consistent uh, i do think honestly if you're projecting who's gonna have their rolling into if jackson smith and jigba really comes on I believe it's going to be more uh, DK Metcalf. I still have DK Metcalf rated higher because he's, you know, uh, obviously a lot younger and, you know, more athletic and better red zone target and all that. But, um, and has more upside, but, you know, Tyler Lockett, I think his role is the one that's most secure in that he is the speedster down the field. He has a level of speed that Jackson Smith and Jigba just doesn't. That's one of, you know, in Jigba's few weaknesses that he does have is he's not really a burner, but uh, Tyler Lockett definitely is. And I think he's going to maintain that role all season long and still finish as wide receiver too. So going way too low in consensus, in my opinion. So I still have him there. Uh, another veteran that's still going to stay up here is DeAndre Hopkins at 23. Um, yeah, I expect him to be the unquestioned uh, top target getter in this offense, and he's still got it. You watch his highlights from last year, the dude still has a lot of talent and can still make some incredible plays. So um, I like him a lot as a late end um, wide receiver two here. You can get him pretty cheap, and I think that is also higher than consensus. So you can get him for uh, you know good value in ADP. So uh, I like Hopkins there. And I agree with you on Calvin Ridley. I have him at 24 as my last wide receiver two of the bunch. Uh, he is a fantastic player when he has his mind right and he's playing, you know, to his full capacity. And if he does that this year, he's going to play way higher on this list. But we haven't really seen it in two years. And um, yeah, he, you know, I expect him to be a little bit rusty. There have been glowing reports out of camp and everything. So I'm enticed by the upside, but I do have some concerns that, you know, we, we've we've heard some camp hype before that once it gets to an actual field, it kind of dies down and guys get challenged a little bit more than they you know are used to. So he hasn't played in a while. I do expect there to be some rust. And obviously there's a lot of mouths to feed, but Ridley's the most talented of the bunch, as you said, and uh, his prior performances plus that pushes him to wide receiver 24 for me.
All right. Uh, yeah, now we got uh, some pretty similar names. At least we have a couple of names here. Um, I guess just two. There's Debo Samuel, who you don't have in your top 24, and then there's one other player that I'm going to get into. Oh, the two other players. So we have three players not in our top 24. Still not a lot of uh, difference there, but that's pretty crazy that 21 of our top 24 are the same players. But uh, one of those players that are going to be different, and I knew this was going to happen, but look, you can't tell me that there's not upside to be had, and I'm ranking him one spot above where he finished last year with nobody for a quarterback. DJ Moore, baby. DJ Moore, wide receiver 22. And look, I've ranked DJ Moore as high as like wide receiver 14 before, so this to me is tempering my expectations. But there's no way you can tell me that Justin Fields is not going to like raise his upside. I mean, look, we saw what happened in preseason. They're going to throw, it's going to be a one-to-one touchdown to pass ratio. Uh, so it's, it's, it's going to be, no, but obviously that's not going to happen, but <laughs> I really do think that this offense is going to unlock itself and, uh, you know, not be the best offense in the league, but be good enough to where, you know, DJ Moore is a week to week, reliable, startable, option for you um, as long as he's healthy as long as Justin Fields is healthy if they get a player like Jonathan Taylor that really does set the offense up in a way that you know if they have to pay attention to the John Justin Fields rush and Jonathan Taylor rush that is there's going to be so many men in that box <laughs> there's going to be like eight nine men in the box every you can probably not nine but there's going to be like seven eight guys in the box like every play for real so uh it's uh it, i think it's really going to open up the, the the passing game for for justin fields um even with you know even with Kilo herbert and roshan uh, it's it's a good one-two punch and you know of course they have deontay foreman as well so um, I like uh, D, uh, DJ Moore here at 22, uh, but I knew that would be one name at least uh, that, you know, we're always kind of see him a little bit differently. At 23, we have the same player ranked at 23. It is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, it's risky. You know, uh, we had uh, Julio Jones in our top 24. I looked at, or, uh, I'm assuming you did, but both, I had Julio Jones in my top 24 the year that he got traded to the Titans. Um and that did not work. <laughs> he was washed. I don't think that they were the to same fair, age. AJ so Brown was still around back then. Or wait, well, no, he, that was last year. No, no, I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, Julio but, was yeah. also washed. Well, mm -hmm. no, Julio was washed. Whether AJ Brown was there or not, honestly, it didn't yeah, matter because yeah, it's yeah. just that the, yeah, he wasn't right. the guy that you know they hoped that he was. And so, mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen with Hop, But it is just an eerily similar situation that kind of makes the alarm bells ring a little bit in my head. Um, but I do think you know, uh, Hop was on pace last year before he got injured, uh, and I don't remember if he or Kyler Murray got injured first, but you know they both ended up you know missing the end of the season. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, he was on pace for 1,300 yards last year. So I don't, definitely don't think he's, you know, done. Um, you know, it might not be the elite receiver that he once was. But, you know, that's also <laughs> ranking him at 23 is having him ranked not as the elite receiver that he once was. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think we're factoring that in. And we both have him ranked at the same place. So, um, you know, a little bit of risk, I I, I, I think. But, you know, uh, at this point, at the end of the wire, receiver twos i think you know risking aiming for risk is is uh isn't too bad especially when a guy like d hop could be a top 15 receiver pretty easily so um i like that a lot and then at 24 
you had Mike Evans, but I'm going to have my perennial favorite Bucks receiver, one that I think will suit the style of Baker Mayfield much uh, better than Mike Evans, and uh, it is Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin was injured uh, for the first part of last year. It took him like four or five games to get back on the field. And he was a little inconsistent, but he had a spurt where he was like awesome. And he ended up with 98 receptions. He finishes the wide receiver 18 on the year. Um, so, um, you know, I think this is kind of taking that into account. Uh, he's playing a full season. You know, Mike, Mike Evans did finish above him. But also one thing about Mike Evans is, um, he wasn't really fantasy reliable. Like you benched him. You're in, you're, I mean, you, he was likely benched your entire last five or six games. And what, what's so frustrating about that. I mean, he sucked the last five games, except for the championship game where he blew up and had like three touchdowns. And it was just like, he was the wide receiver one on the week. So it's like he ended very well, but for the actual fantasy season, he was a very frustrating piece to have where, where once, um, Chris Godwin was on the field. He was much more of a reliable, you know, once he was fully healthy, it it wasn't quite as frustrating actually using him. So you have to take that into account sometimes. That being said, I definitely think that the, well, I say the upside is with Mike Evans, but you know, uh, Chris Godwin has been the wide receiver too before. And that was with Jamison Williams, but it really does just matter who the quarterback is and, and who they're going to target more and favor more. It's a little bit of a flip of coin. I don't have Mike Evans too much further behind here, but for me, I do prefer Chris Godwin, even in redraft. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, Baker Mayfield. The one thing he's good at is throwing downfield and being accurate, deep ball thrower and just chunking it. And that's definitely Mike Evans role. Chris Godwin is more of a underneath guy and not the downfield threat. So um, yeah, that's that's where I go with Mike Evans more this year. And uh, yeah, it's just See, my uh, memories of Baker are like scrambling and just like looking for anybody open, usually on a like a play action pass. But I mean, I know he did have good deep accuracy, but um, you know, I yeah, if I you think, look like uh, his, yeah, his ratings <laughs> normally that's the best thing that's rated about him is right, right. Yeah, no, that's fair. I do, but I do think um, you know, especially with the line, I don't think the Bucks line is looking too hot right now. Um, I think he's going to be scrambling and looking for, you know, an outlet pass a good bit. And that's, that's going to be Chris Godwin's game, but that's fair. I mean, look, I don't, I have, uh, I mean, Mike Evans three spots lower. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, I almost put them back to back, uh, but I always feel like it's a little weird to do that with teammates. It feels like a cop out, but, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't, you know, disagree that, uh, and most people I think do have, I think I'm the, I'm the hot one here is I'm the one that's off of consensus. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, uh, I accept that, but, um, all right, well, let's recap our top, uh, our, our, our um, wide receiver twos here and uh, maybe give a couple of, uh, names here at the end. But, um, for me, wide receiver 13, Devonte Smith, 14 is Amari Cooper. 15 is T Higgins. 16 is DK Metcalf. 17 is Terry McLaurin. 18 is Jerry Judy. 19 is Keenan Allen. 20 is Calvin Ridley, 21 is Debo Samuel, 22 is DJ Moore, 23 is DeAndre Hopkins, and 24 is Chris Godwin. I like it. Oh, so we have Hopkins and uh, at the same spot. That's good. Um, yeah. I, I looked it up, by the way. He's a uh, wide receiver 10 in points per game last year. So, yeah, when he played, he was still awesome. He just you know has to stay healthy and play. Um, my wide receiver twos were Amari Cooper at 13, 14 T Higgins, 15, Devontae Smith, 16, Keenan Allen, 17, DK Metcalf, 18, Brandon Ayuk, 19, Terry McLaurin, uh, 20, Jerry Judy, 21, Mike Evans, 22, Tyler Lockett, 
23 Hopkins and 24 Calvin Ridley. And as far as honorable mentions go, uh, Jordan Addison, I have a 25, 25. He's my uh, highest rated rookie in this class. Um, just because he has a lot less competition than Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kirk Cousins and that offense should be highly proficient passing the ball as should Geno Smith. But um, I just think Addison has a little bit easier role to uh, get uh, touches in production his first season. But uh, I have him at 25. Drake London, I put at 26. Um, 27, George Pickens, obviously love him. Um, your boy Debo Samuel comes in at 28. I'll mention that. Uh, I'll also mention that uh, Brandon Ayuk has been in the league for three years now, and he has finished higher than Debo Samuel in two out of those three years, including last year. Uh, and that includes in points per game and in total points. So, yeah, also this this is Debo's results. He had that one freak year with a bunch of rushes because all the running backs were hurt, which that's another thing is like Ayuk's role in my mind and just factually is way less affected by Christian McCaffrey's presence than Debo's role, like as far fair, as fair. high-end yeah. fantasy. So like Ayuk is the pure receiver and Debo's backfield touches are probably going to be greatly reduced now. And we've already seen that they have been. Um, but yeah, even if you're just looking at points per game and taking account in, out injuries, last year is wide receiver 25 in points per game and wide receiver 36 overall. Uh, 2021, we all know he finished wide receiver two in both. Uh, 2020, he was wide receiver 44 in points per game, wide receiver 71 overall. Uh, he was hurt in that one. And he was hurt, yeah. In his rookie year, he was wide receiver, 38 points per game, 34 overall. So, so that's good for a rookie, but yeah. Uh, most of the time, he finishes as a wide receiver three. Most of his career, he's been a wide receiver three. So I have him as a high-end wide receiver three here. So I think that's fair. Um, just finishing this out, the uh, last couple of guys, 29, Zay Flowers, I had him. Really love what I've seen so far. And at 30, I have Chris Godwin. Um, a lot of what you said I love about him. Just I, you know, I expect the offense to be a little bit of a downgrade last year, and I'm picking Mike Evans as my guy there. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba slicked the 31. Just wanted to name one more rookie there. Um, I love him, but, you know, with the injury and just the amount of talent in front of him, I, uh, you know, I mean, this is where Drake London finished last year. So I think this is a fair you know place to put him. So, um, yeah, that's the end of all my honorable mentions. Uh, well, what, I know you have several names to add, but what do you think of mine? Yeah, um, I don't think there's any name I'm like super shocked or uh, offended at. I definitely don't have Drake London anywhere near that high. Um, you're, you're, you're high on Drake London, but I just think I'm just such a downer on the, I'm just... I'm just honestly, I'm not a fun Falcons. Look, if you also like the Falcons like me, don't talk to me because I just, I'm not, I don't have a cheery outlook this year for my team. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, um, but that that's really the biggest one you, you said uh, that I think stood out to me. Um, I'm surprised you don't have Christian Kirk anywhere. I didn't hear Christian Kirk's name. Uh, he's my wide receiver 25 here. He would have been, he would have been my first honorable mention. So uh, that's definitely a, a, a name that, uh, Maybe I mean and, you know I I just think that Trevor Lawrence very easily I mean he's one of those quarterbacks like Joe Burrow like I mean he can make two receivers in the top you know fifteen easily you know so I think for me that's that's uh and obviously last year you know uh, uh Christian Kirk was his favorite target and he he did have his career season and so um you know something to and and, and interestingly also uh you know he did have five rushes for eleven yards and a touchdown Christian Kirk so. I mean, you know, the 11 yards doesn't really matter, but the fact that they have little 
goal line package sweep plays and shit like that, you know, just adds a little extra. I don't know if Calvin Ridley's going to get too many of those, you know, sweep but glaze. I, I got to look that one up on that. Sweep, sweep plays. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sweep sure plays. That was, was glaze on that one. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no. So anyways, I have him at 25. Um, at uh, 26, I do have Brandon Ayuk. Uh, so it's five spots below Debo. Again, he'll probably finish higher than that. I mean, some of these guys will be injured, and you know he had a great year last year. I don't really know what Purdy's going to do. I mean, Purdy's favorite target was George Kittle, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, but um, you know, we'll we'll just have to see. I don't have them too far apart. After that, I have Mike Evans at 27, three spots after Chris Godwin. We already spoke on that. This is probably my boldest call of the whole thing, and it doesn't even – this, this is the only place where at 29 and 28, I put two teammates back-to-back. But I'm putting – I'm doing it, and I'm going to be wrong probably, but fuck it. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 28, Tyler Lockett at 29. I, I, I think that DK and Jackson Smith and Jigba – you know, and, and here's the thing about Tyler Lockett, and and like, look, he always t- catches these crazy long touchdowns. It's like he always defies, but those normally you can't depend on those type of players, and he doesn't get yards after the catch, or I mean, intentionally he limits his yards after the catch because he dives down after the play. But I hate that. Like the one team I've ever had him on, like you're like you need those points, you know. You're like, oh, I need I need twelve points so bad, and Tyler Lockett catches a pass and he can get you know eight more yards and he doesn't. You're you know pulling your hair out but um you know at the same time I, I know i'm always too low on tyler lockett last year he was my best receiver and he was fucking wide receiver he was a wide receiver one so uh he and might like, have outper- i've already might have outperformed this- his adp more than anybody so maybe i should learn my lesson but jackson smith and jig was a better talent than him and dk but i do think that and maybe I have DK too high. I think that's that's my biggest regret of my rankings looking at it. I need to bump down DK to get him a little bit closer to these guys because I have him, you know, 12 spots above them. But um, yeah, I, I do think it's it's these are it's probably the best, you know, three receivers this year and on any team. And I do think it's a little bit hard for me to parse through them. But, you know, they very well all could finish in the top 24. But anyways, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett here at 28 and 29. And then to close it out for my uh, at 30, I have George Pickens. So, um, you know, uh, George Pickens over Deontay Johnson. That's something we're both doing. In PPR, that's dangerous business. I have Deontay Johnson two spots after it. Uh, you know, I went to 36 here. But, um, you know, at the same time, I think this is George Pickens' breakout year. And I felt like 30 was too low, but I know you had him somewhere around there. So, um, yeah. so yeah, but I, I had him 27. That may be a little high for Pickens, but I mean, I, I agree that I, I expect, you know, a lot more touchdowns and definitely a breakout year for him this year. Yeah. Um, well, any thoughts to add to, to my honorable mentions? Uh, maybe just, uh, you know, I guess you talked about Christian Kirk not being on the field on two receiver sets. Is that kind of why you didn't say his name or? Yeah, it's just a lot of mouth to feed. And I, I do think, you know, Trevor Lawrence can get two, you know, fantasy relevant guys to be, you know, top in the producers there. However, I think Ridley's going to be one. And I think, you know, there's still a chance that Evan Ingram or Zay Jones, you know, take enough touches to be the other. If not, then they might eat into Kirk enough to where uh, he just doesn't provide the same upside that a lot of these other guys do. So that's kind of what pushed him down for me. Um, I probably should have him a little bit higher, but uh, I like some of these other names. Maybe I'll put him right above Debo. That seems like a good person to put him in front of. Uh, but 
<laughs> uh, I'll stop nagging you. Oh, one more point. I do have to defend my boy on one more thing because I have dispelled this myth before. Tyler Lockett was in no way inconsistent last year. The man had only three games. He all has year. been in the past. He has been in the past. I'm just. Saying, I think but... he was like the one year you had him was his one inconsistent year, and you've just held that against him despite everything else. Uh, but yeah, last year, I mean, he only had three games less than 11 fantasy points. Like his fourth worst week was wide receiver 30. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, the vast majority of his games, he was like a wide receiver two or better. So. Yeah. So I am looking here, 2021, incredibly inconsistent. He had four games over 20, and then he had a, a game of, uh, he had three games with three points, one game with one point, one game with five points, one game with two points. And it was more inconsistent that year. So, and then looking but at still 2020. still really good. 20, I, well, the big games, are, 2020 was worse. Look at 2020. He had one game of 38, one game of 28, and then like every, and then one game of 21 in weeks, in the last week of the season when you aren't playing him. So, yeah, for me, I, you know, the two years before this, he was one of the most inconsistent players with these big boom games. He was much more consistent, and Gino, you know, seemed to kind of level him out a little bit. We'll see how it all plays out. I still don't even know if I believe in Gino the way that you do. So it's like the, the Seahawks offense is really hard for me to parse. I admit that. But I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, at the very least, I don't know what's going to happen at the beginning of the season. Maybe he'll miss some games, and that will make me have to bump him down. But at the very least, I will say confidently, Jackson Smith and Jigba will be the first wide receiver drafted in redraft for the Seahawks next year. And the only way he does that is if he breaks out and like shows out. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Jackson Smith and Jigba. I could be very wrong, but you know, I, I think, you know, every, a lot of people had him as his wide receiver one, but it just seems like they aren't really giving him same love that we normally give the wide receiver ones, uh, you know, in our, in our classes. But, you know, I, I don't think he's any worse than, you know, most of the wide receiver ones that we've had for the past several years. So, yeah, I think um, he's just facing way more competition than some of those other guys, which is my whole thing. I mean, look, the top rookie wide receiver last year was Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 21, and he had no one in front of him. And, you know, right. yeah, but I mean, obviously, his quarterback. Well, I mean, look, Jamar good. Chase went to an offense. Oh, with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They're such, they're, um, they were oh, very I mean, consistent. <laughs> no, dude they were dude, uh, i mean but dk metcalf and tyler lockett like especially tyler boy like come on, that's... i think tyler boyd and tyler lockett are not too you far are crazy if you yeah. think those guys are anywhere close in talent level or what they've accomplished okay, in the NFL, that's probably you are crazy but i i Has tyler boyd ever had a thousand yard season i don't know let me check you might you might be right there maybe i shouldn't compare them but he, he has had I, two he, he was Okay, he's dude. Two. That's what I'm saying. He's good. He's better than people think. That's my only point that he's severely slept on. I mean, now I'm I'm not saying now. Like I'd rather have Tyler Lockett now easily. Yes, but at the height of his career, he was a good receiver before Jamar Chase came over and ate his lunch. You know, and and I'm just saying, think that Tyler Lockett might be the guy that gets his lunch eaten. But maybe you're right, and maybe it's DK. But I just think that surely the teams, you know, based on the age and the contracts and everything else have plans for DK and Jackson Smith and Jigba to be, you know, their future. We'll see how it works out this year, but I really do think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the first one we're drafting after next year. So uh, we'll see if that plays out, but uh, I think if nothing else, he's going to be like a game winner at the end of the year. I think, uh, you know, he had an awesome preseason. Um, and I think like once he does catch on, however long it takes him, if he does have a little bit of injury situation with the wrist, um, I think by week, you know, 10, 11, you'll be starting them every single week. And, you know, I'm willing to kind of wait 
you know, I'm talking about him as a back end wide receiver three, uh, or a mid mid wide receiver three, we'll say. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's a fair spot to take him, but I understand probably too low on Lockett, but I'm going to do that every year. I just can't stop. So one year he's going to fall off or retire. And then I'll say, ha ha, I can, I can get him off my draft boards for real this time, but he's, he's essentially not on it just because everybody else does take him way higher than, than where I have him. And definitely nobody has Jackson Smith and Jigba higher than him in redraft that I see. So that's going to be my bold call. Um, that'll be one of my bold takes and that I have in, in my rankings here. Cause I honestly felt like this was pretty chalk. I mean, I felt like just between each other, at least there wasn't too much to, to highlight. So I did just want to kind of speak on that, but, yeah. um, unless you got anything else to add, we still got some, uh, some tight ends to get to here. So, yep. We'll get to the tight ends. I didn't mention DJ Moore because Justin Fields sucks and can't pass. And that's why. Oh, so. you didn't miss him. DJ Moore. That's worse than the, Oh no, that's bad. Okay. Well, you'll be sorry, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be sorry. All but one passing touchdown a game distributed between all of them. That's not going to happen this year. But okay. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the tight ends here. And uh, I think you started out with the wide receiver. So I will start out with the tight ends. And uh, at least the top two are definitely chalk. Everybody knows Travis Kelsey's number one. If you have tra- not Travis Kelsey number one, why? Tell me why there's no reason not to. So uh, number two, I have Mark Andrews. Um, I think that, you know, he's going to really be in line for a career season. I know that there was some competition added and, you know, a lot of people are, are big on Zay Jones and, you know, they added Odell Beckham, but who was the wide receiver one on the end? You look, Todd Munkin has worked in other places, uh, but. And the last offense that he got hired to for this offense based on, you know, their wide receiver one was the tight end. So, um, and, and that's already been the case in past years. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, Mark Andrews will still be the top receiving receiving target in that offense. Um, I project that to happen. And so I have him at two and then at three, I am going to have TJ Hawkinson. There's a couple of other guys that I think have higher upside, but once he got to the Vikings, I mean, he was very consistent. I mean, pretty much every game after his first game, um, you wanted to start him in your lineup, which is rare to say for tight ends. There's some contract shit going on right now where he wants to be paid like one of the top tight ends. I don't know if they're going to do that or if he's really earned that. Um, but I mean, he's only been with that team for six weeks and I, I guess, in, or seven weeks. And in that time, he he definitely did everything he could to earn it. But, um, you know, they probably want to see a little bit more sustained uh, workload before they give it to him. But um, we'll see how that turns out. But my top three, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, well, we agree here. We have the same names in the same spots. Um, I, you know, if someone did have Andrews above Kelsey, I wouldn't, you know, obviously I have Kelsey above him because, you know, most of the time Kelsey's the number one guy. But, I mean, Andrews the year before in 2021 was straight up better than Kelsey. I mean, he had more points per game, more yardage, more yards per game, everything. He actually had more yards that year than uh, Kelsey even had last year. So, uh, Andrew shows that upside. And if you do expect them to take a step forward with, you know, this offense and, um, you know, them using him kind of like they used Brock Bowers in college, I can see it, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it, but, uh, I, I see the scenario where it happens a little bit, um, 
more. So um, them two are the clear cut one, two for me. If you have anyone above them, I think you are crazy. Uh, I do have TJ Hawkinson three though. Um, he was great last year, would finish tight end two overall. And uh, I think he can do the same thing again this year if everything works out his way. But uh, yeah, I just, it, it's going to take something happening to the top two because I just think they're in better situations, but um, getting him at number three, I think is fine. Yeah, and the thing about it is I'd much rather have Mark Andrews because Travis Kelsey's like a first-round pick, you know, at this point. as I mean, he's proven he probably should be. Yep. But Mark Andrews you can get in the third round. So yep. for me, I'd much rather wait till the third round on my tight end and uh, get, you know, a wide receiver running back with that first-round pick and uh, or or quarterback if we're talking super flex. But, mm. yeah, um, so, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, I, I, strategy-wise, I think it's much easier to invest in Mark Andrews this year. Um, all right, well, uh, go ahead and get into your four through six. Uh, yep, so number four is George Kittle, uh, the tight end three from last year, who got along really well with Brock Purdy, and we'll have a whole year of him this year, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, good Lord. Yeah, his, his last five games last year, he was tight end 15 or better in all of them, and in three out of the five, he was tight end three or better. Um, absolutely absurd production from him. So yeah, I really like the connection there. Um, you know, the only reason Kittle isn't higher is because of getting nicked up and in injuries and stuff. But uh, yeah, if he stays healthy, I, I do think he's going to outperform Hawkinson this year. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Kittle's getting slept on a little bit on, based on consensus. So just keep an eye. You may be able to get him for a value. And number five, I do have Kyle Pitts, uh, the the one and only, the most talented out of all of these guys. But uh, yeah, obviously the quarterback situation isn't the best. I do think it's better than it was last year when you're talking about, you know, fucking yeah, Marcus Mariota making a hack of it everywhere. So I, I do think it's going to be an improvement over that. But, um, you know, we'll just have to see uh, if Desmond Ritter can play the guitar. But I do think Pitts is in for a bit of a bounce back here. I do think he can also reach 1,000 yards uh, this year. But uh, even if he gets 800, 900 and just gets the touchdowns, um, that, you know, that would definitely put him in top tight end contention there. So, um, yeah, I mean, going back to his rookie year, he was one of only three of the tight ends to get a thousand yards in that season. And the other two were Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. So we've seen him do it before. I believe he can do it again. And uh, obviously he's still a young pup and uh, has no room to go, but up. So uh, Kyle Pitts at number five, I'll take the upside there. And at six, if you want to be a little bit safer, I understand if you want to take Dallas Goddard. Um, I really like him too. Uh, You know, when he got back last year, he was fantastic when he was healthy. Uh, so yeah, if you want a guy that's a little bit safer and obviously in a better offense, uh, I don't, you know, blame me if you want to take Goddard over Pitts, but, um, you know, Pitts, I think has a chance to be the number one target on his offense where I just, you know, obviously don't see that scenario happening for Goddard. So I'll bank a little bit more on the upside there, but, um, yeah, those two are pretty close for me. So, um, four is Kittle, five is Pitts and six is Goddard. All right. Well, four through six for me, this whole tier is just what I call the risky tier. If I'm missing out on the top three, I'm shooting for the stars. And all three of these guys, I think, have risk. And you name two of them. But at number four, I have a name that you didn't name. And I think this is, I mean, look, I don't want to give too much away, but I think I'm much higher than consistent. And it's hard to find guys that really stand out at tight end. So this guy's really standing out to me in a number of ways. Uh, for, you know, considerations of things like values and top dogs and all of that. So Darren Waller is my tight end four. 
And I understand he's been injured and Nate, you've been burned by him personally. So I know, you know, uh, you aren't a big fan of his, but at this point, there's nobody else that I feel comfortable saying they are the number one receiving target on their offense that I expect to be moving the ball pretty well. And um, that's Darren Waller. Look, they have to take him off the field because Daniel Jones is like only targeting him in practice right now. Like they're, they're having to like make drills so that he, Daniel Jones can like play with other players. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be a real connection. It's the best receiving option that Daniel Jones has ever had for me. If Daniel, if Darren Waller stays healthy, I am not crazy at all. Like this is wide receiver. I mean, tight end four is like, he might even finish higher. I mean, might, might beat out Hawk and, you know, I don't know if you can really beat out the top two, but you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, he can really have a breakout season, which I mean, I say a breakout season. He's already broken out. He's already finished as a tight top three tight end, I believe twice. Um, but you know, he has been, um, marred by injuries and, you know, wasn't too enthusiastic last year to play with the Raiders. It seemed like, so, uh, in a new situation, one where I think he's going to be the number one receiving weapon. And, uh, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, eight to 10 catches a game, most, most games. So, uh, I think that'll be, uh, you know, really, really reliable thing to have as long as he can stay healthy. But honestly, is George Kittle at my number five tight end? Is he going to stay healthy? I mean, he's injured right now, in fact. So it's like, I love George Kittle. I'm always seem to be higher on him than consensus, at least I won't say always, but recently, but I do, um, you know, it's a little bit of ambiguity, even with, you know, Ayuk and, um, you know, Debo and Christian McCaffrey. It's like, look, all these guys probably aren't going to, you know, average, 15, 20 points a game. There's probably going to be some odd man out. I don't think it's going to be Kittle, but especially if he does get injured, that could be kind of what ends up happening is, you know, the other guys get fed because of him missing time. I really hope that doesn't happen. He plays so hard. He leads awesome to watch play. I hope that we all get the pleasure of watching him play all year. And uh, he's my wide receiver five and at six. I do have Kyle Pitts again, risky for a different reason. Last year, he really burned some people because he was like a second or third round pick. This year, it's a little bit more manageable. You can get him like at the end of the fifth and the beginning of the sixth. That's a little bit more reasonable of a price to pay for, you know, one of the most athletic or the most athletic and, Mm -hmm. you know, like best tight end prospect of our generation, at least. And so, um, but I I just, I'm low. I'm low on the Falcons. I just don't think the Falcons are going to be a very pass, um, reliable offense we're going to be a very rush heavy and i don't know that we're going to score a lot even on on the ground so um that's my only concern with kyle pitts if we had you know a ryan Tannehill level quarterback uh i would feel you know i'd probably have him at tight end four here but uh, i just don't love the situation this year that being said he might be able to rise above it and overcome it and i'm really hoping if if we are a good team this year it's because he did that it's because he allowed us to put him on put the team on his back and he's you know the the engine at least in the passing offense um i don't know if drake london can really uh you know take over that alpha role in the same way and us be as successful as if as if kyle pitts does it so um for me my tier here i feel risky about all of them in different ways but darren waller george kittle and kyle pitts four five six I like it. I, I I think he got Waller a little bit high. Um, I'll get into that later, but and I'll give my reasons why, obviously. But uh, but yeah, no no major disagreements there. 
Um, but that is the one notable name. Um, yeah, why don't you give us your start of your second half of tight end ones? Yep, a seven. I have the guy that you had at six is Dallas Goddard. I love Dallas Goddard. He was my dynasty um, top dog. Um, you know, I think just he's the first guy in this. Well, you could maybe argue Kittle, but you know that he's the first guy in my tight ends that I know for sure is going to be the third you know, receiving option. And that's not always a bad thing, especially when you have as prolific as an offense as the Eagles. But, um, you know, even guys below him, it feels like have slightly higher upside because of that potentially. But, you know, Dallas Goddard was very, had some very like explosive games, the games over 20, which is awesome for tight ends. And uh, in fact, I think he had like a fucking like 30, 40 point game or something crazy last year at some point. But so he definitely has the upside to win you a week. And, uh, you know, otherwise he's typically pretty consistent. So uh, that's who I have at seven at eight. I have Evan Ingram. You mentioned him earlier. Um, I do think he'll, he got the, he got paid. I mean, he had a really good season last year. Um, they added Calvin Ridley. That's the only real thing you could say why he wouldn't have the same season or better that he did last year. But I just think that Calvin Ridley kind of elevates the offense as a whole, and when, you know, when you can put, when you have to put your number one uh, cornerback on, you know, Calvin Ridley, you know, instead of uh, Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram, you know, it's a lot harder for that number one quarterback to deal with them. And and it opens the good things up for the two and three here. So um, I think, uh, yeah, Evan Ingram will be, you know, and he might end up, you, you mentioned it, he may end up being the, the second option, you know, he might end up uh, being more fantasy relevant than, than a guy like Christian Kirk, or maybe, maybe Calvin Ridley doesn't turn out the way we think he's going to, you know, so a lot of possibilities, um, but I have him here at eight feels appropriate. And at nine, I have David Njoku. Um, I don't know if he's ever finished as high as nine. So I just really feel like, you know, I am high on, I'm, I'm low on everybody in the, I mean, okay. What I'm trying to say, sorry. I said that sentence totally wrong. I'm high on everybody in the Browns offense, it seems like, except for Deshaun Watson. So maybe I do need to, and I say high, you know, tight end nine isn't like too prolific of a Barta class, but I do think that David Njoku can be the number two uh, option. It does seem like Elijah Moore is starting to get a little bit more like positive buzz coming out of the uh, Browns camp. So, you know, Amari Cooper said that he feels like they're Terry Bruce and, uh, 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 I'll uh, t- uh and bruce isaac uh, bruce isaac bruce and yeah. um terry holt terry holt there you yeah, go sorry yeah. yes you, you know right there turf, so, baby. yeah so it's like th- that's how he sees it i mean i don't think that's true but i do like yeah, that that's he feels in- i do feel i do like that he feels into- enthusiastic about his teammates so um you know we'll see how it works out with david and joku but i think um you know having him at nine feels good um and that's my tier there dallas goddard evan ingram and David and Joku at seven, eight, nine. I like it. So uh, I'll get started here with uh, Darren Waller. He comes in at seven for me, and uh, is a lot higher than I would have ranked him before he got traded to the Giants. Obviously, but uh, you know he can be the number one pass catcher there. We are talking about an offense that had what fifteen passing touchdowns last year total. So um, it's not a high volume passing offense or one that's you know terribly efficient either. So. Um, that that is kind of my concern is, you know, yeah, I do see that hurting his, you know, the idea that he has this incredible ceiling. I don't know if I see it. Uh, if he stays healthy, I do think he can finish as a top three guy if everything goes his way. But 
I mean, even the past two years, it's just kind of gotten worse and worse since those two breakout years. But, you know, he's tied in six in points per game in 2021. Uh, last year's tied in 11 in points per game. So even if you take out, you know, the injuries and stuff, he still wasn't, you know, the same level of efficiency that we'd expect. But um, I do think he can kind of finish on the higher end of that and be, you know, a tight end seven for you. So, um yeah, that's uh, that's where I have him put here. Uh, number eight is Evan Ingram, uh, a guy who finished number five last year. But, um, you know, you do you are allowed to have a few concerns that, you know, maybe it was a one year wonder. Obviously, there's more competition for touches now. Uh, I still think he's going to be really good. But uh, just some of these other names have higher upside and have proven it a bit more from on a year to year basis. Uh, another guy that's proven it year to year, but it's always underrated is Tyler Higby. And I have him at number nine. Uh, he was tied in seven overall last year. And, uh, you know, anytime this guy's healthy and plays, you know, most or all the games, uh, he's going to finish as a top 10 tight end. So I think he's uh, kind of gotten criminally underrated and, you know, throughout his career, but uh, he's healthy. He's feeling good. His connection with Stafford's good. And uh, Stafford is also looking a lot healthier this year as well. So Higby, I think uh, you can feel really good. If you can't get one of those top tight ends, you can wait a long while and pick him up and still have a very usable starter. Um, so yeah, that's seven through nine for me. It's Waller at seven, eight is Ingram and nine is Higby. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely a little higher and consistent Higby, but Hey, it seems like everybody's always way too low on him. So, and I'm not too far behind you. So, uh, yeah, that's just the only name kind of that stands out to me there. We'll finish this out with your uh, last three, uh, tight ends and, uh, I will do the same. Yep, yep. Higby was my value pick last year, and he could be again this year. Just he's criminally underrated, and uh, yeah, he'll he'll do great. Um, number ten for me is Pat Fryermuth, a guy that I like a lot, and I think will be really good, especially between the twenties. Uh, does have some more competition, you know, George Pickens obviously emerging, and then they bring in Darnell Washington, who has been very very impressive in camp, and uh, yeah, could be a big time red zone threat, especially as the season wears on. So. Um, I do think, you know, stuff like that could limit his upside a little bit, but Firemuth is a very, very good tight end. So um, I still want him as a tight end one. David Njoku had a uh, number 11. This is where he finished last year. And uh, I do think he can outperform this. You know, there is some more competition for touches with Elijah Moore. I also think CD uh, or not CD, uh, Cedric Tillman has looked really good in preseason so far. I think he can earn a role as the season wears on. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, some of these guys have, you know, the upside to be a little bit higher and Njoku does too theoretically, but we've heard it through so long throughout his career. I just, I kind of just think this might be where he is. It's just, you know, you know, at most, I think he finishes and maybe like a tight end seven, tight end uh, six type of guy. Um, but I, I think he's just a safe, you know, back in tight end one uh, on a year to year basis. So I feel safe putting him there. And uh, I do have one rookie making the list, and that is Dalton Kincaid. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll talk about my number 13 guy because he was very close to being ahead of him. But uh, just the, you know, the appeal of being in that Bills offense and, you know, we've heard nothing but rave reviews from Kincaid so far, how he's going to be, you know, you know, used early and often. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Kincaid is one of those rookie tight ends. I mean, shit. Kyle Pitts hardly cost, caught a touchdown his rookie season, and he still finished as a uh, as tight end six overall. So, I mean, I, I definitely think um, Kincaid can return this kind of value for you and has the upside to do even better. So I had to put him in and sneak him in as my last tight end one there. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, no major disagreements. Um, at number 10, I do have one guy that you didn't include. He might be your honorable mention. Uh, we'll see. But um 
again, I'm looking, I'm swinging for the fences here. I don't care that much about, you know, floor at wide receiver and back in wide uh, back in tight ends here. Mm-hmm. Um, who can be the number one target on their team? I think there's only one name left and that is Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, he's had the best season of anybody on his team besides Robert Woods four years ago. But what he did last year is more receiving yards and more touchdowns than anybody else on his team. So I think, uh, you know, he has a lot of young guys that, you know, maybe some of them can break out and kind of fill that number one role. But I think for me, he's kind of who I would bet to kind of be that most reliable target getter on a game to game basis. So um, I have Dalton Schultz at number 10 Um, at 11. I have Pat for. Pat Fryermuth. Um, I'm lower than him on consensus. He's like consensus uh, tight end seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is three spots lower, but in tight ends, that does matter. Like I mean, in drafts, like where he's drafted in like the seventh round, like, you know, I would draft him maybe two, three rounds later. I feel like, so it's, um, I do feel like, um, Oh fuck. Former bulldog Darnell Washington uh, yes. is gonna uh, the name of uh, escaped me for a minute. Uh, is gonna you know come in and and pr- be on the field. Is maybe he's gonna be blocking a little bit more to begin with, but he'll still be on the field a good bit and and uh, take Firemuth off the field in some one tight end sets. Um, you know Firemuth will still probably be the best receiving option for a minute, but I think Darnell Washington does have the op- upside to. Uh, grow into a better receiving option, even though Frymuth is very capable. So, um, and Frymuth, one thing that I'll say is been positive about him uh, through his first two years, he's been really, really, uh, I mean, one of the highest percentages of like touchdowns per target. Like he's a, he's a red zone uh, target um, and, and he does really well in the red zone. And for tight ends, like you don't want, you know, tight end dependent guys, but, when we're talking about back in tight end ones, that's all you have, like who can Ooh. score a touchdown, you know? So I think at least that like, can he score a touchdown this week? You can feel pretty safe most weeks that there's a strong possibility that's going to happen. So I uh, can't really say that about too many other guys left on the list. Uh, one guy you can say that about is Tyler Higby. Um, I have him as my last wide uh, tight end one here. Uh, he finished better than that last year. Um, he always seems to do better than that. Uh, I'm still like four spots higher on him than consensus. So, mm. you know, we're, we're still, Boys. people still hate Tyler Higby. So, uh, I don't know what the deal is. He's like, not even old. I mean, don't, I mean, he's like 30 he's George Kittle's yeah. age. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. six months older than George Kittle. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't and get last it. Last year the Rams were a shit show with a whole bunch of injuries and stuff. And he still finished tight in seven. But I don't. Yeah. And, and to be fair, most of his good games were at the beginning of the year before it fell off. But mm. Still, yes, he was still did good yeah. enough in those beginning games to end up, uh, you know, tight end, tight end seven on the season. So, um, you know, and he did so with only three touchdowns. That's actually impressive. So it really was yeah. just receptions. And I mean, even his yardage wasn't that great, but he just had 68 receptions in, in weeks one through 17. So, um, yeah, no, good on him. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Everybody else, like in the top 12 tight ends from last year, like I'm seeing the roster percentage beside them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Travis Kelsey, 100%, 99.8 for uh, Mark Andrews, 99.2 for Hawk. And then you go down and fucking Higby was rostered 71%. Like everybody else around him is like in the 90s. And like he like wasn't even rostered uh the only person in the top 20 that's lower than him i mean in the top of uh, 15 that's lower than him is uh Taysom hill who had a 13 percent uh roster ship and finished his tight end eight but uh but that was surprising to everybody 
Right, right, exactly. But no, it's like even though he was doing good all season, like he still wasn't unanimously rostered. So that's yeah. how kind of like slept on he really is. And I think he was actually one of our maybe your dynasty value yeah, tight end already yeah. this year. So yeah. he's been he's been a value for us the two years running, and he's in dynasty redraft everything. He's he's going too late so um nate's still a little bit higher on him than me but you know i'm, I'm right there with you and still higher on consensus and uh, i will just mention my honorable mention at 13 would have been dalton kincaid very possible he's the rookie tight end that finally does it his rookie year and like you said kyle pitts did it pretty well his rookie year mm-hmm. um usually that doesn't happen though usually it takes time and there is still dawson knox on the team who while i think that Dalton kincaid's way better you know, Dawson Knox is still going to be catching some passes and probably going to get some annoying touchdowns where you think it went to Dalton Kincaid, but really went to Dawson Knox. So, um, you know, uh, I, I, I still kind of factor that in. I think that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to put him in the top 12, but totally see the upside case. And if he becomes Josh Allen's, you know, second option, you know, uh, next year, I can see ranking him like tight end six, you know what I mean? So um, definitely, um High high possibility to rise over this this season. I like it. Um, so yeah, you uh, just going straight into it. just to comment on what you said about Darnell Washington. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of it. Also, I've heard some you know some people that aren't as informed about uh, him and his you know talent stuff like that say like oh well he's just a red zone guy he doesn't do much with the ball in his hand so I'm not overly concerned with him as a passer. He does a lot with the ball in his hands. He averaged 17.2 yards per reception as uh, in his career at Georgia, which is way higher than Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, any of those guys, way higher. Um, so go watch him. Much smaller sample size, but yes, well, yeah, but higher. still, I mean, just thinking he doesn't do anything after the catch. Go watch him against Oregon hurtling dudes at 270 pounds. Like he, well, you try to bring him down. I mean, you think one man's going to bring him down? Like the first yeah. guy's going to bring him down? Like most times, no. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, he breaks tackles all the time, and he literally can hurdle people. We saw him do it at Oregon. So yeah, he he can do a lot after the catch. So I, I agree with uh, some of your points there. Um, but uh, still like Fryermuth, and yeah, on the rookie tight end thing, I mean, we did see Fryermuth also was tight end thirteen that same year as a rookie that Kyle Pitts was tight end six. So, um, you know, if you get some good guys in there in some you know decent situations, I do think it can happen. So, uh, and I do think from a talent wise, I mean, I think Don Kincaid I see as a more talent, slightly more talented than Pratt Fryermuth, but I I see Don Kincaid is a lot closer to the talent of Pratt Frymuth than Kyle Pitts. So, yeah. and he's um, going with a prime Josh Allen and not a washed up Big Ben. So that also helps. That helps. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, well, so who was your uh, your honorable mention? I don't know if you mentioned it. Yeah, it was Dalton Schultz, a guy okay, just okay. missed out. And um, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that uh, the past three years, uh, last year was tied in ten, tied in three in twenty twenty one, and in twenty twenty was tied in eleven. So he's been incredibly consistent and shown high-end upside. Uh, I do think he's been in a very tight and friendly system with the Cowboys. And, I, you know, obviously I think the offense he's in and scoring opportunity is, you know, taking a bit of a downgrade compared to then. So that's why he falls to here for me. But uh, if I can get him as, you know, even as a back-end tight end one, you know, he's not far from these other guys. So I just like the upside of Kincaid. But, um, you know, I agree with you. He could end up being the number one target and re- receiver on his team. So, I can get him as my tight end too. I'm very happy with that. And I think consensus has him a lot lower than this. So 
Um, could be wrong on that, but, uh, but yeah, I also just did want to mention two younger guys. Sam Laporta came in at 14 for me, another rookie that I believe in a lot and is literally already sitting out preseason games because he's, you know, going to be an integral part of the offense early and often. So love hearing that. I'm very high on him. He's a very pro ready prospect and, uh, Chigo Quanquo had at 15, just, we've seen some of the flashes from him and it seems like all the other receivers aside from Hopkins and his offense are getting nicked up at the moment. So, uh, I really liked him last year and i liked them coming out as well so um yeah I, i'll i'll take the upside there at 15 for him but those are my honorable mentions all right well guys we hit you with all the past well not all the past catchers but at not least uh <laughs> you know 43 of them or 42 of them with some honorable mentions uh, so uh so yeah so uh yeah definitely um we we appreciate you guys listening into that uh yeah no it definitely this is probably the least we've ever had differences on any Mm -hmm. rankings episode we've ever done so uh uh, that's that's i guess a good thing uh yeah we see i mean it's not a good thing only because in drafts that we're with together you know we're going to be taking a lot of the same guys in the same places but um you know uh, you're starting to see things similarly uh at least uh for the wide receiver position and you know tight ends it's hard to draw too many. I mean, I honestly, the big thing I think is just Darren Waller for, for, for us. Uh, it was the, the biggest difference we kind of had. Honestly, like, that was three spots, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is about as much as you get with these tight end ones, but right. right. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say, like fantasy pros have been a tight end four too. So it seems like you're a little bit more in line with what oh, wow. other people are thinking as well. So um, I, you know, I've been a little bit lower on Waller as of late and he has burned me in the past. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah. you traded him to me in a league, so you're now you're actively rooting against him. That's what's happening. Uh, no, I well, I traded him because I'm, he just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You traded him because he was injured for you for the past two years, and you you just getting getting. Yeah, he was hardly startable. So, uh, so yeah, that that was that was a bummer. But uh, I mean, obviously, he has the talent, the skill to do everything. But I do have you know some concern. The the hype train for him is very real right now, though. So that's that's for sure. Um, for sure. And yeah, we'll we'll be drafting a lot of the same guys, but you know, just stay away from my Ayuk and my Locket, and then you know we'll, we'll call it even. I won't touch no, well, Joe and uh, yeah, that at least we can have those guys. So uh, so no, without a doubt. But well, all right, guys, we we appreciate y'all for for listening to us. Um, we almost went two hours this this one, but uh, we we wanted to get these in so that next week we can do our favorite, which is the top dogs sleeper uh sorry values and busts uh mm-hmm. that we will do for the redraft uh we've already done that obviously for the dynasty uh position uh, the each position at dynasty uh we'll do the same for redraft and uh yeah make some really big calls and then um yeah after that we'll be breaking down week one so it's uh we're flying right in to the season here and uh, we couldn't be more excited so you got anything to add before we close out nate uh, hopefully next week we have some trade details on Jonathan Taylor, maybe something with Josh Jacobs. I don't know. We'll, we'll have more news and more development, but uh, yeah, I'm sure something big will happen before then. So hopefully no injuries and uh, yeah, I'm very excited. So it's time for the season to get here. It's time for real football. Absolutely. Yeah. We were so excited. We both had to go and buy a PlayStation five to play the new Madden on. Um, so, you know, just have to get our fo- football Heck fixed up. some way, but 
pretty soon uh, we will be knee deep in it. So thank you guys. We know you're excited too. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all the things on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, we really appreciate it. That ring the bell. Um, and then, uh, yeah, be, uh, reach out to us on Sleeper if you're friends with us. Uh, if you're not friends with us, uh, you know, you can uh, always ask, um, you know, find 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 us on Twitter, find us on uh, Sleeper. Uh, you know, we, we're happy to give you our, our usernames there. Um, I think it's NateDog12122 and Solstice418. So uh, you can uh, find us on Sleeper and uh, reach out to us and we'll be happy to talk to you if you guys are listening on what we have to say. We really appreciate it. So uh, with that. This is Josiah for Nate. Fantasy Dogs out.